Guys, if you've got your Bibles um, with you, um, if you wouldn't mind opening to the book of John, uh, John chapter 4 this morning, we just want to bring you some encouragement from John chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, uh, this will be on the screen as we go. One. Um, these guys came and uh, did this little uh, skit over here, which just really introduces what we want to talk about today, this amazing privilege of being able to sow and reap. Um, you as uh, educators and as parents, if you're parents here, um, you'll have a, a more acute understanding of what sowing and reaping is all about. Every single day, um, you're pouring out into people's lives, either children or uh, your students, and you're pouring into their lives and just hoping that they're going to get what you're saying and that it's going to take root and that it's going to grow. And, and Lord, please let them pass because I can't handle another year with that one kid. Um, Jesus talks a little bit about this whole thing of sowing and reaping. And um, it's in John chapter 4 where we're going to go now. Jesus um, was on his way back, um, takes a, a detour instead of the normal route that the Jews would go, which is all the way around Samaria. He cut straight through Samaria. Jews didn't go through Samaria. They hated the Samaritans. They even hated the soil the Samaritans walked on. So they wouldn't even walk on the dirty soil that Samaritans walked on. They'd rather walk like a longer way around. Jesus goes in. Um, he's hungry. His followers are hungry. He tells them to go get some, some bread so they can eat. While they're gone, he starts speaking to a woman, um, and he starts to encourage her. He starts to convict her. He starts to tell her things about herself that no one even knew. And um, at the end of the day, she, she basically she starts, she's, she acknowledges that he's the Messiah, that he's the Christ. And she goes back to her village. She says, you need to come and see the man who's told me everything about myself. And Jesus is still in the business of doing that today, showing up in your life and telling you everything that there is about yourself. And so you're sitting in the church building or um, wherever it may be where somebody's preaching and you're like, wow, preacher's preaching right at me today. No, he's not. There's a whole lot of other people in the room that he's preaching at. It's the Holy Spirit speaking right to you, telling you stuff about you. And that's how God works. Jesus is still doing that 2,000 years later. He's still telling us everything there is about us. And so the disciples arrive back on the scene. She's gone. People from the village are now coming to see Jesus. And the disciples come, and now they've got food, and they're going to give it to Jesus. And we pick it up in verse uh, 30. Uh, sorry, we pick it up in verse, yeah, 35. Um, where I go? 31. We're going to pick up in verse 31. This is what it says. Um, oh, that's why I can't find it. I'm in Mark. If you're in Mark, it's the next book. You're in the wrong book. <laughs> going on over here. Jesus calms the storm. No, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm looking for John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, two books on. Verse 31. Um, this is the right one. Um, okay, here we go. The disciples say to Jesus, Rabbi, which means teacher, eat. But he says to them, I have food to eat that you don't know about. So the disciples said to one, other, one another, uh, did anybody else give him something to eat? Jesus says to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me, speaking about the Father. Um, my, my food is to do his will um, and to accomplish his work. Do you not say uh, that there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? There are yet four months, and then the end of the term, there are yet four months, and then my bonus, there are yet four months until leave. And we're, we're looking ahead going, there are yet, and then, and then, you know, Sterling Primary's uh, theme this year, growth, the power of yet. Are there not yet four months, and then we're on leave? Um, just that great power in that little word over there. Um, he says, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already one, the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper may rejoice together 
For here the saying holds true, one sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap for what you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. And so what Jesus is talking about is not teaching at school, right? Jesus is talking about the kingdom over here. He's saying this to his disciples. He's saying, you think that, that the Messiah is coming, that, that there's going to be a harvest when the Messiah comes. You're, you continue looking ahead. But I want you to know that one's already here, all right? We're al- the harvest has begun, and I don't want you to lose sight of that. The harvest has begun. You are going to harvest what you didn't sow, Because the prophets who came before you, they're the ones who labored. You're just going to pick up from them, and you're going to carry on from there. And that job has continued going for the last 2,000 years, and you're here today because of that. So I need to kind of preface it by saying, this is actually what Jesus is talking about. But we want to encourage you from God's Word today and talk about this whole idea of growth and how how growth happens. And, And if we have a look at God's Word, we can see how to build a solid foundation for what growth looks like. We can take God's Word and this principle of of sowing and reaping, and one sows and another reaps. And, and we can take that from God's word and come away going, man, I'm encouraged, at least for another season, I'm encouraged to go for this. So straight out of the blocks, I just want to share with you what the fundamentals of growth look like. These are some of the fundamentals of, of growth. There are a couple of different uh, seasons or a couple of different aspects in this process of growth. Number one is this, is that there must be preparation. Okay, so I want you to imagine that you're a farmer and, uh, and you're about to farm. If you've never farmed before, the idea you have in your head is rolling hills, luscious gr- um, ground to uh, you know, d- plant your crops in. And, and maybe you see like vineyards and maybe you see crops everywhere and they're full of fruit and there's just millies everywhere. And you're like, man, my farm is brilliant. But farms didn't always look like that. Because for a farm to get like that, the first thing you have to do is you have to pick up your shovel, all right, and you've got to work your way through the land. Because in that land, I mean, you don't arrive there and it's like an acre of potting soil. I don't know if you knew that. It's not, that's not what a farm looks like. It, there's trees that have to be cut down. There's thorn trees that have to be removed. There's rocks inside. They're huge rocks. Some of them you have to, apparently, I mean, I don't know because I've never done this, but the guys will put tires around that and burn the tire and then at night as it, gets, as it cools so rapidly, it starts cracking and then, then you get rid of all of those little pieces and Then you have to burn another tire on top of it for the next day. And then over the next night, it cracks. And over maybe a couple of days, eventually, you get rid of this monster big rock. And then you get all of the stones out. And as you get all the stones out, eventually, the ground is ready. But after you've got that out, then you've got to turn it all. Because, I mean, obviously, where the rocks are, it's been turned there. But what about the piece where there was no rock? So you get a fork and put it into the ground, and you've got to turn it over and and we're not talking about a little rose bed yet, you know? So we're not talking about the Vincent rose bed. We're talking about like acres that have to be turned. And, and so preparation is hard. Preparation is hard work. And eventually once that has all been prepared, then you're able to take the seed and start to put it in there. But preparation in terms of the big picture of growth requires minimum amount of time. You're responsible. You are responsible for preparation. Um, and in terms of effort and reward, high effort, low reward. Okay? So you're like, oh, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I do. Let me explain to you. It's like this. When you buy your house or you rent a new house, 
and you walk into the front gate and you see that garden bed that's full of weeds and some trees that you just don't, what is that thing? I don't even know what that tree is. And so you, you have this dream one night. You're like, oh, I'm going to plant roses there. That's what I'm going to do. And so what you do, that's a Friday night, all right? Saturday, you wake up and you're ready for it and you take those beautiful keyboard fingers and hands of yours and get a spade. And then you go out to that, that, that garden bed that just looks like rubbish, you know? And then you turn it and, and you chop the edges all nicely and you pull out all the weeds and you dig out the tree and it's five o'clock in the afternoon and, and it's ready for action. Your hands are totaled. They're bleeding and they've been bleeding since half past nine, but they're bleeding. And... Uh, and you phone your friends, and you're like, hey, Bill, you need to come to my house. Come. You need to come. You won't believe what I've just done. And Bill's like, what? What? Tell me. Tell me. He's like, no, no. Just come. Don't even bring meat this time. We're in a bride. I'm going to show you something. And Bill arrives, and you roll out the Weber, and it's going over there. And you've got two deck chairs, and, and Bill's wife's in the kitchen talking to your wife. Or if it's the other way around, like it's maybe... Stacy's husband is in the garage with your husband and there the two of you are and you're on the deck chair and you're like, look at that garden bed. Just There it is. Look at the garden bed. And the other person looks at it and goes, that is amazing. Did you use the turn over technique or did you use the turn under technique? Did you go deep under first or did you just turn the top first? Did you use the water first or water afterwards? I mean, that's just incredible how you did. I mean, do you, have, you got a, have you got a Pinterest board on this? How do you, nobody does that. You know, you're turning the steak, and it starts burning, and Bill's like, the steak's burning. You're like, oh my goodness, we're both watching the garden bed. (laughs) Reward is low. Effort is high when it comes to the preparation phase. Then comes the phase where you can sow seed, okay? And the sowing seed, again, how much time does it take to sow seed? Oh man, this is pathetic. You've got a whole acre, and you need to sow seed. You're like, Seed sowed, that's it. And I know some of you are going, huh, this guy's never sowed a seed in his life. I read the Bible, and the Bible said there was a guy sowing seed, and he sowed seed all over. Good soil, bad soil, the path, the rocks, the everything. All right? Yeah. And maybe you are sowing seed wrong, but the Bible says everywhere. In terms of time, it's a minimum amount of time. Who does it? Us. We do it. You and me. We do, we do this. In terms of effort and, and reward, it's high effort to gain, low reward. You know why it's low reward? Because after you, if you've got one of those garden beds that most of us have tried at some point, it's like, I'm going to grow myself carrots and lettuce and spinach and... I'm going to grow apple trees, and I'm going to just grow the whole millies, the whole deal. You, turn, you take the cut grass out of your back garden. You throw away like eight square meters of grass. You turn it over the soil, and then you go with your finger, click, 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 and you drop the seeds in, and then you close it up again. What do you have? You have nothing. It's exactly the same as what it was the day before. Reward. There's no reward in that. There's nothing there. It's the same thing. You call bull over for another bra. That's what you do. It's a... It's, it's, But let's move to the next one because the next one is where growth happens and this is really significant. Because when growth comes in, growth takes the maximum amount of time in this whole process. Growth takes a long time to happen. Yeah, it might have taken you three weeks to turn all those beds and to turn the acre, you know, putting the tractor there and all that stuff. But it doesn't take three weeks to get a milli from a seed. That takes a lot longer for growth to happen. And then we're just talking about a milli. 
Imagine an oak tree, right? Has anyone planted an oak tree ever? I mean, I'm not talking about last week, ever. Have you ever? One, two, three, that's four the whole day. We had one in the previous service, you know? So just not loving trees, that service. You guys are tree lovers, really, just three of you. Um, and, and I'm so glad that you did plant those trees because in 250 years' time, people are going to be able to sit underneath the shade of the trees you planted. Thanks for that. We put up a tent. We get shade right now, you know? But in 250 years, people will be grateful, like Stellenbosch. They'll be really grateful for those things. It's long. It takes a long time for growth to happen. Notice who's responsible in this one. You're not responsible for growth. You're not. When you sow seed, that person is the one who then takes on the responsibility for growth. As much as you like, you can't grow a person. As much as you like, you can't grow the seed that these guys were talking about in the front of it. You can blow oxygen on it all you like. You can encourage it. Apparently, if you talk to plants, they grow. I don't, never really done that. Uh, if you do that, that's great. We don't want to know. But if you, if you talk to your plants and they grow, awesome. But you can't do anything. You can do things to stunt growth, and you can do things to, to kind of speed up growth, but you can do nothing to make growth happen. If the tree's dead, it's dead. If you cut it and it starts growing, then it wasn't dead in the beginning. Okay? You do nothing for that growth. God brings growth, and the growth is that person. Right? You're pouring into your children's lives. Parents, you pour into their lives. Say, please, say, thank you. Say, please, say, thank you. Say, please, say, thank you. Sometimes you totally lose it. The kid walks into granny's, can I have a cake? And you're like, please. Why don't you say please? If you don't say please, then people are not going to like you. People don't like you, you're not going to get a job. If you don't have a job, you're not going to have money. If you don't have money, you're not going to have a house. You're going to sleep on the street. Yes, you, come you will become a drug dealer and end up in jail because you didn't say please. And in jail, then nobody says please. A kid's like, so can I have a cupcake? <laughs> Please. <laughs> you can't, at some point, all of us had to learn the value of please. And it's not because of, your, your parents wrote you a letter and said, today is the day you learn the value of please. At some point, it just becomes. Do you know when that is? It's when you have children. Here it is. You have children. When you have children, you learn the value of please and thank you right there. And then the whole thing starts all over again. Effort and reward. With growth, here's the great thing. Low effort. Low reward. It's low effort and low reward. There's no reward in growth. Like This is a great tree, this, by the way. I think actually it belongs to Lawrence Bland. Um, it's, he's busy getting this thing ready to become a bonsai, I think. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, because Lawrence has a lot of bonsais. I don't know, and I don't know much about bonsais. This is a big bonsai. And, uh, <laughs> but there's no, there's no reward in this. There's no, oh, it's growing. That's great. It's got leaves. Fantastic. It's growing. You don't walk past and go, it's growing every day. Oh, another, there's a, oh, wow. You go, oh, it's growing. Nice. No reward. No effort either. He's not, doing, he's not willing this thing to grow. So growth for you who's doing it, in other words, 
who's trying to lead the process, trying to get other people to grow or grow an institution, whatever. As that thing's growing, it's low reward and low effort because it's happening. Preparing and sowing, and that takes effort. That's hard. But watch this. It moves from growing and it moves into reaping. It moves into reaping, and reaping works like this. In terms of the time required, reaping is like minimum time. I know some of you, you might be farmers, you're like, again, you don't know anything about this, Matthew, because harvest time is very hard work, and it takes a long time. Really? More than preparing the soil, taking out all the rocks, turning, every, is, it, is it easier or is it harder? No. Harvest is much easier than that. It, it's way easier than that. Who's responsible? We, we get the reward. We get to harvest this over here. It's, again, it comes back to us. And in terms of effort and reward, low effort, high reward. So I walk past my tree. It's not my tree. I walk past this, pretend it's mine. I walk past my tree and um, I planted it as a little uh, apple pip, right? Put it in the ground and left it there. I prepared the soil. I planted it. And again, because I can't handle growth, it just happens. And it grows. And one day I see, oh, look at that. There's a leaf. Okay, good. Next day, another leaf. Next day, look, there's a stem. Next day, look, the stem has got leaves at the top and at the bottom. Maybe I prune it a little bit. Then I notice that it's about my heart. And then one day, without even knowing that it happened, I walk past the tree and guess what's hanging from a branch? An apple. Because I planted an apple tree. And I look at this tree and I'm like, where did that come from? Have you ever had a thing like that? You planted something in, in the garden or a flower, or, and you're like, where did that come from? You know? When, you, when you're pouring into your kids' lives, it works something like this. You, you're walking out of the school one day, and somebody says to you, hey, aren't you like Jack's mom or dad? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I am. I, go, I just need to tell you what happened the other day. The other day I was walking through the corridor, and I saw this little boy walking around on, on the other side of the corridor over there, and I was on my cell phone, and... I wasn't noticing where I was going. I smashed straight into a pillar that comes out from the window. and I hit my face on the side of there, dropped my bag there, and everything fell out all over the floor. And you know, I'm down on the ground trying to pick things up. I'm, my face is sore. And, and, and I see this little guy running up to me, and I'm going, oh, this is so embarrassing. And he says to me, good morning, ma'am, or sir. Please, can I help you? And he starts to pack, are you okay? Can I get you some water? Do you need any more help? And you're like, no, no, I'm okay. All right, have a good day, and then walks off. And then this person is telling you the story about your own child. And in that moment, you didn't do anything. It was years and years of sowing. And guess what? You get to reap. Huge, huge reward. You didn't help that person in the corridor, but you get to reap reward. And you just go, did you ask that kid for a surname? Just was just wondering. It's, just, it is, it's my Jack, right? It is my Jack. Yes, it's your jack. And you reap that reward. You take the apple from the tree, give it a bit of a polish, and you bite into it, and it's the driest, untastiest apple you've ever bitten into in your life, but the reward is amazing because you planted that tree. Get it? See, there's this, this thing when it, when it comes to this, the fundamentals of growth and when it comes to the fundamentals of growth, we need to know this, that growth is, is more of a process and is an event. Preparation, event. Sowing, event. Reaping, event. Growth, process. Which means that perhaps we should just take the gas off, maybe even growth in our own lives sometimes. 
so badly want to grow, 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 grow. Stop focusing on growth. Maybe sometimes we need to come back and go, maybe I need to prepare a bit more. Maybe I need to sow a bit more. Maybe give more attention into the sowing because the growth comes. Maybe I need to step back a little bit and go, do you know what? I need to give a bit more attention onto reaping because there is a harvest here. You know, yeah, people are sowing, but there is a harvest because here's the thing is that at every phase, you, you're reaping in every phase. You're reaping growth because of the way preparation was done. You're reaping the ability to, sorry, you're reaping uh, sowing because preparation was done. You're being able to grow because sowing was done. You're reaping a harvest because growth happened. So in the school, it works where the grade one teachers get these kids. They all arrive. And they're all so excited. And they think school's going to be amazing because they used to play so much in grade R. And they painted with their fingers. And it was just, it was brilliant. They could take chocolates to school. In like a week, they find out, hey, it's not like that. <laughs> no. You wear a uniform here. When the bell goes, we go out. Until then, you don't. You're not allowed to wee whenever you want. You stay right here. And those chocolates, Friday only. All right? This school starts at this time. And we don't care if you cry. You will be here on time. Right? Huh? <laughs> All the teachers are like, that sounds so bad. I'm not agreeing with him, but I can't really. Anyway, so... So it works like this. So, so the grade ones arrive in your class, and, and there you're teaching them one plus, and they know one plus one is two because they were taught that in grade R. They don't really understand the concept, though. It's like, one and one is two. Two and two is four. Why? I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, two and two is four. One and one is two. And you teach them how to, how to connect sentences together, and they start to read. And, and at the beginning, if it were me, I'd be like, can anything good come out of this? But you carry on because you know that the preparation that was done in fun at four and at the fives and then again in grade R, you are reaping, watch that, you're reaping the preparation done there so you can sow now. And during the year, growth happens and you can't put your finger on it and go, this is the day that Susan got the concept of one plus one. But somewhere in that year, she got it. And now she knows one and one is two and two and one is three and three and one is four. And she knows that before she was just like one and one is two. And then you've taught them that and then the grade two teacher picks it up and they reap what you have sown and then the grade four and then all the way through. And one day some company reaps a great leader who's leading the company well, who's learned the value of reading and improving him or herself and treating people well, and improving those who work with them, and building a structured work environment because of what was sown into their lives in grade 1 and 2 and 12 and university, and now someone else reads that. Get it? so important that we get some of this stuff because I think we're really hard on ourselves when it comes to growth. Often we are. We all sow for a harvest. And we sow for that into the next phase. Which means this too. It means that I'm sowing not only into, today we're talking about educators mostly. That's where we are. But it's not just the educational field. We're also sowing into other people's lives in the emotional field or in the relational field. We're sowing into our lives in the physical field as well and intellectual field also. And so you remember back, some of you, you remember back when you were dating. 
And, and you, you carry negative stuff. We call it baggage. That's a harvest. You carry baggage with you because of the way your boyfriend or girlfriend treated you back then. You took that into the next relationship, and that person harvested what the other person sowed into your relationship. And now perhaps you're married, and your spouse is amazing, but there's still sometimes these things that just, you know, you, you harvest that fruit, and instead of it being great, sweet fruit, every now and again, you just get this bitter, dry apple. You're like, where did that come from? It came from seeds that were sown back there that you're reaping now. And sometimes you're reaping stuff that other people sowed into your life, and sometimes you reap stuff that you sowed into your life. It's baggage that there is. The challenge on that is as we move forward that we think about what we're sowing into the lives of those who are around us relationships, how we're sowing into team, how we're sowing into people that we co-lead with. But I want to encourage you this morning. So allow me to just share some thoughts on, on encouraging you when it comes to this foundation for growth on what we're building growth on. One is this, keep on sowing. Just keep on sowing. Every day, every way, keep on sowing. Paul writes to the Corinthian church and he's speaking about laying a foundation which is also the same as, as um, preparation and sowing. One is a garden organic and the other is, I guess, more building. Verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 3, he says, According to the grace God has given me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building on it and each one should take care how he builds. Now, granted, Paul is talking about laying a foundation of faith, a theological basis for our lives. That's what he's talking about. But the principle is still true. As you're sowing seeds, be intentional and sow seeds as master sowers, as master builders lay the foundation. Others will build on some of that foundation, whether that's a relationship or whether that's in the workplace or whether it's in the schoolyard. Others will build on that. Other sports coaches are going to reap and build on the foundation that you lay. But lay it as an expert builder. Paul is encouraging us and saying to you, if you're a believer, he's saying to you, you need to take God's word. And because this is the foundation that the apostles and Paul laid. And he's saying, you build your life on this. Not other books, not other Christian books that, that you buy. And you're like, oh, I'm going to build my life on that. No, no, this is what we build and we lay a foundation. And this is what we build our life on. You decorate the building with those other things. This is what we build our lives on, God's word. That what God's word says is what stays. And so build like an expert builder. Secondly, keep the faith, small f, keep the faith. You're sowing all the time. But because of the nature of growth, it just takes time. Persevere. Parents, persevere. You feel like your kids are just not going to get it persevere. Keep going. Keep going. Don't hold back. Keep going. Sometimes you just feel like, can't do this anymore. If I have to tell this kid one more time to pick his towel up, I swear he will never ever go to bed dry again. He's going to shower and sleep wet for the rest of his life. There's going to come a day when he picks up his towel. It's going to be when he's married. <laughs> and his wife says, pick up the towel. 
and then I'll deal with that in marriage counseling and <laughs> it will become my problem. It's not yours anymore. Keep the faith, small F, but also keep the faith, capital F. Trust God. He brings the growth. Do you feel like growth's not taking place in an area of your life? Do you feel like, hey, personal life, spiritual life, emotional life, relational life? It's just, it's just not growing. I'm, I'm sowing, but it's not growing. You trust Him. Your marriage. I'm doing everything right, and it just seems like it's not working. Okay, take it to God. God, you, you're in control. You know what's going on. You know them better than I do. You know me better than I do. And so God, please, again, I'm just going to lay this before you. And I want to lay on the foundation of faith. I'm going to build on that foundation today. Third one, in terms of encouragement, is this. Harvest time will come. Right? It's going to come. You will, if you keep on doing the right thing, eventually you're going to harvest a great thing. You might feel like you're not going to get it yet. I love, this is what I love about the theme at Sterling Primary at the moment. The power of growth, the power of yet, right? Or it's the power of growth, yet. It's the growth, the power of yet. And it simply means this. I can't do this homework. I don't know how to do this maths, yet. Just throw that in next, yet. I feel like I keep messing up. I, I, in my faith, I'm still doubting all the time. And I feel like I'm, I just, I'm never going to be able to just trust God yet. 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 I failed again. I'm just never going to get this right yet. Just yet. Remember, yet. God is the God of yet. He's like, hey, I'm not done with you. In fact, he says that. I'm not done with you yet. I'm going to bring to completion that which I started, which means it's not complete now. I'm going to bring it to completion. You're trusting for a loved one to come to know Christ. They don't know Christ yet. You keep on sowing. You just keep on sowing. Keep on praying. This brings me hope. But there's also a warning that comes with this because the warning is what you reap, you will sow. When you, reap in, when you sow intentionally, you reap what you sowed intentionally. But even when you, reap, when you sow unintentionally, you reap something with that as well. That's why Jesus says you'll help be held accountable or judged for every careless word you've spoken. He doesn't say, I'm going to judge you for every thought out word you spoke. He's like, I'm going to judge you for every careless word you spoke. Anyone feeling confident to stand before Jesus on that day? I don't know. I prefer the one where Jesus goes, Matt, would you come stand before me today? I want to really judge you on all the thought out words that you said. Like, okay, great. Thank you. Remember, Matt, when you preached that sermon, you really thought carefully about what you were going to say and you stayed to script? Well done. I know Jesus is not going to do that. He's going to go, Matt, um, I want to talk to you about your careless words. Remember that sermon that you preached and you deviated from the script and you caught yourself joking and you shouldn't have been doing that? It was too much of that. I wanted more of my word. Well, judgment comes with it. Or the way we speak to each other, the way you say something to your kid in that moment of high stress and you say something to your kid and your kid, you didn't mean it, but and, and you didn't even remember it. It came out of your mouth and it was gone, and, and your, but your kid heard it. And one day, 30 years later, you're sitting around the dining room table and you're talking to your child about something they're struggling with in their lives and you're like, where do you think that comes from? And you guys have got a good relationship now. And the kid goes, hey, Dad, do you remember when I was about eight and I asked you if you would do this with me you said this back to me, and you're like, were you ever eight? 
you can't even remember their event. You can't, and they're like, Dad, you know how hurtful it is for me? Even when I think back on it now, you can't even remember that. That was a game changer for me. It took me 30 years to try to deal with that careless word. The good news is God is a God of grace, okay? He's a God of grace, and he can change that. But I want to encourage you, and I want, there comes a warning with this as well. As we close out some personal application, you can apply this in two ways, in two areas. One, your personal life. This is your head space, your heart space, your body space. If you want to try and think about how you're sowing, if God's word says that what I sow I will reap, then how am I sowing physically? How am I sowing into my, my head space, my thoughts? How am I sowing into my emotions? How am I sowing spiritually into my life? Sometimes you might be going, you know what, I'm exploring Christ. I want to know if this has any meaning. Keep sowing, all right? If that's you today and you, you're kind of exploring Jesus, you've been, you decided to come to church, maybe today's the first church you tried is us. And, and if you walk away from here going, man, that was just horrible. These guys are like a little bit whacked. Can I just encourage you on this one? Try another church next week. Just continue to explore what God is saying. Don't be so worried about what we're doing in church the songs if you like them, or these guys did have drums, these guys didn't have drums. Rather be asking, God, would you speak to me through this today? I, I just, I really want to know you. I'm not, I'm not here because I want to know the church. I'm here because I want to know you. And then allow God to show himself to you, and the rest of it slips into place after that. So if you're exploring faith, that's where you want to go. But how about this one too? Your professional life, what are you, what are you doing to improve your productivity, are you sowing into your professional life? Sometimes you might look at your, your head of department or your boss or whatever and go, it's your job to, to kind of make, you know, develop me. Well, how about you develop yourself too? How about you pour into your life? You know, there are other people that person's looking after. You look after yourself and let them top it up. But how are you growing yourself? And lastly, what about your family? When you go home, how are you sowing into that when you go home? I'm talking about family upstream. If you live with your parents and you're a teenager, how are you doing that? How are you sowing into the, the parent relationship? Uh, downstream, how are you sowing into your children's relationship? Sideways, how are you sowing into your brother and sister relationship? Here, here's what the studies have shown. That if children have a happy home life and a happy childhood experience, that means that growing up, they, they, they were given confidence, that, that growing up, they... Um, they, they, that life was an adventure growing up. It was exciting growing up. That children who grow up in a, in a stage like that, when they become adults, they bounce back from disappointment quicker. They deal with negative feedback better. They, they bounce back from negativeness quicker. When tragedies hit their lives, they bounce back out of that faster than those who had negative child experiences. And so the, the thing that I've been so challenged on over the last couple of weeks is simply this. Are we raising our children to be, hang on, let me, let's rephrase this. Are we being the parents we want to raise our children to be? Are we being the adults in the home we want our children to be? Or are we just in survival mode being adults and hoping they miss all the bad stuff? Are we imposing an adult stress life on our children? I think some of our children are more busy than we are. We wake them up. When we wake up, they get going. We drum them all the way to school. They get to school. They start the day. They get into sport. They do sport all the way. They get home at 6 o'clock. Then they hit the homework. And after they finish homework, get in the shower, you've got to go to bed. And the kids are like, can I play? You're like, what play? Like, we'll play. We're not playing. The Did you see me play today? 
I don't need any playing today. Nothing. We don't play in this world. Right? As soon as you learn that, the better it is. Just get to bed. And, and give the towel back. You're going to bed wet. <laughs> Sometimes we put this stuff on. And these poor kids are needing to... They missed out adolescence. They missed out being young adults. They missed out everything that we had. And we're forcing them to be adults. And they're just children. Bring play back. Let our kids play again. And I wish I could say to you, I'm speaking to you from a place of authority on this. But I'm not. How are we sowing into our family lives? Friends, the good news is that you might have felt like you've sown some bad seed. God is a God who comes into the garden of our lives and he pulls out stuff that's dead and he prunes stuff that's not supposed to be there. And so you can come before him today and say, God, I think I've sown some bad seed. Can you please go and purge it? I don't even remember where it is in the garden, but can you pull it out for me today? I want to come and repent before you. Would you forgive me? God, would you help me to sow good seed? Will you show me how to sow that good seed? And will you help me to reap some great stuff? Okay, let me pray for you today. Father, thank you for the fact that you're a God of grace and you give us what we don't deserve. Uh, God, uh, we deserve what we sow. We deserve the bad fruit that comes from that because we did it. But your promise to us is that if we come to you, you will, um, you'll wipe out all the bad stuff and you'll, just, you'll give us a whole lot of good stuff in that place. And, and Lord, you said that you're not done with us yet. And so Father, would you, uh, for each person here today, uh, Lord, would you uh, just come and show them great grace and mercy. And uh, I pray, Father, that for those who just feel like they've made some mistakes along the way, uh, perhaps all of us will feel like we've made mistakes along the way. God, would you help us to to bring some change, intentional change, to be able to focus on sowing good stuff, to be able to just sit back sometimes and enjoy the view and know that you're bringing growth. And, uh, and where we put so much effort and get so urgent about some things just to know that actually in the big picture of things, you've got it. And so, Father, we hand it over to you today and we thank you that you're with us always. In Jesus' name, and those who agreed said amen. Amen. amen.